Welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Hi, it is Jake. And yeah, welcome. Um, this episode is another in the series of conversations that we're having with artists who participated in the 2023 Melbourne Fringe Festival uh, that, that just finished up here in Melbourne. Uh, and in this episode, I'll be sitting down with Stelios Ioannidis, who's an actor. He's a Melbourne-based actor whom I, I co-directed him in a, uh, in a show that I wrote um, in the festival called Pinocchio. And yeah, he's about to arrive and he's going to sit down and we're going to talk to each other for a while. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, please stick around. Hopefully, hopefully it's a really lovely time. So yeah, thank you again for being here. And yeah, in just a second, you'll, you'll get to know Stelios. Hello, Stelios Ioannidis. Hello, Jake Stewart. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. How are you? I'm super duper fine. Hi, thank you so much so much for being here. It's very nice to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. She was in that, I don't know if you heard about that show, A Dodgeball Named Desire. Yes, I did. I heard about that. Um, did you get to see it? Ah, uh, no. No. Oh yeah, you had a very busy fringe. <laughs> I had a busy fringe. You had a very busy fringe. fringe. Yes, yes, yes understandable. Yeah. yeah, no, there were a lot of casualties. But yes, mm. no, speaking of, of course you were here because you were in the production of Pinocchio. Yes. That full disclosure we did together. Yes, we did. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, no, because I co-directed with Wheeler Mora and then wrote this thing that you were in. It was called Pinocchio. It was called Pinocchio. And do you want to tell... Sweet, sweet listener here. <laughs> sweet, um, sweet listener. <laughs> um, what the show was. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, you and you and Wheeler are, are so, such um, such great people. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible people. Um, so great to work with. Yeah, but um, the essence of, of the story of Pinocchio was um, uh, the diary. So um, the diary of, of Pino Lorenzino, who the story of Pinocchio was was based on. Um, so the Disney version of Pinocchio that we all kind of think of when we think of Pinocchio that was based on <clears throat> this short story by Carlo Collodi, um, which is a very very dark kind of extremely different story to the, the Disney version. Um, and that short story was based on these diaries found in, in Montalcino in Italy, uh, which is such a great find. I didn't even know they existed. Uh, and yeah, these diaries kind of detail the story of this man, Pino Lorenzino, and our play, your play, is about is about this man's life and, and the, the tragedy of this, this person's life and all the people he's dealt with and everything he's gone through. And in essence, it's, it's from him from about 14 to... His, his later years, and yeah, it, it's such a beautifully well-written story, um, and I was so grateful to be a part of it. But that's, in essence, a very convoluted <laughs> summary of the No, play. that was very succinct. I yes. thought that was really great. Yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, great. And yeah, it was at the Modley Bauhaus, and it was Modley a wonderful Bear. time. Yes, it was yeah. beautiful, yes. Yeah, yeah, and you were in it with Blair Allen, who was also wonderful. Who's extremely wonderful, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just, just for context, yeah, I played Pino Lorenzino throughout the entire play, and Blair played four or five... Like everybody else. Literally every other character he yeah. played. So it was just us two on stage. Uh, and yeah, Blair is so wonderful. He's such a, a beautiful actor and it was so great to see him transform into all these different people. Yeah. Sure. It was so great. Sure, yeah, I'm glad. It was such a beautiful experience. Sure. And yeah, and just the two of you. And I guess my first sort of like question launching into it is like, even though I was like, of course, there for the whole process, of mm. course, and co-directing the thing, I was wondering if there was anything... Because you and Blair very, very quickly fostered this connection that I think was very evident in the performance that the two of you gave. And I was curious, is there like some element of that experience of working together, going from strangers to such close collaborators? Was there like a moment for you where that really took flight or something inherent in the process that, that made that happen? Um, I, I think it was something in the process. 
Yeah, because I was I was new to Blair and I was new to you also and Wheeler and I think just all four of us in general we connected to each other on like a deep level so quickly. Mm. Um, and I think with Blair it was, yeah, we spent lots of time together and and I don't think it was necessarily a single moment. I just think it was we had a lot of things in common and we both had interpretations of your story and of these characters and we just you kind of just meet a person, especially creatively. It's really rare to to connect with people on that kind of level. So yeah, it wasn't really one moment, it was just kind of a process of, of working and rehearsing and being collaborative. And yeah, it, it's, it, we had such great chemistry and a lot of mm. people, a lot of people came up to me after the show and said, oh, so how long have you, have you known the other co-star for? Like, have you guys been friends for, for years? I'm like, no, like I didn't know him a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him. And so it's really great that that was the impression that, that, that these two actors on stage have known each other for such a long time. I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing. That is super nice. Yeah. Yes. And I guess also, like, I suppose we also spent, like, a lot of the process to, uh, certainly at least me and Wheeler did in private, remarking upon, like, how bizarrely fortuitous and magical mm. the connection of it all seemed to be. Because even listening to you describe that, I very much agree in the way of, like, yeah, there was a bunch of effort done, I suppose, to foster a sense of, like, trust and collaboration and openness. But it seems like a lot of it was out of our, like, out of our control in terms of, like, there were also, like, no auditions. It was all just people vouching yeah. for people. It was all just, like, kind of trusting each oh, other trust. to make a piece of art that we all find interesting. And and the process being built around the idea of only really pursuing things that we found engaging mm. and interesting too. So it's like the work was always going to be whatever it was going to be because of the four of us working together. And then Margie, when she came along for yeah. light and sound and stuff. Um, Who's but, incredible, yeah. Sure, but I guess by virtue of that too, like that risk, that very exciting engaging risk is present there too. Of like if we hadn't all gotten along for, kind of from the get-go and bonded as quickly as we did, yeah. it would have been Such just a, a shitter show. Such a <laughs> just because uh, yeah. Such a different show, yeah. I guess different's the word too, because it might not have been shit. Like, mm. so much, there's <laughs> such a history of people that don't get along making amazing work together. Um, but, I don't know, with the show being so much about, and we'll get more into the subject matter in of a course. second, but with the, with the work being so, uh, I don't know, the, the themes of it being very intimate and personal, yeah. I wonder if people that didn't so instantly sort of electrically connect with each other would be able to mine those things for. Yeah, well, well, it was so interesting hearing people's interpretations after the show, and it's, yeah, we had a whole bunch of people, like, for example, yeah, I had my parents come to mm. watch, and they had never seen a piece of theatre or anything, so they took things out of it, and then I, I remember you telling me, uh, like, a, a mother taking things from her parents and about parenthood and about how to teach her children, and mm. everyone taking different things from this one piece of art. Like, I just think that's... Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, that would have been so different compared to if we didn't get along or we didn't get along to this extent. Mm. Uh, because yeah, it's it's really rare to have a collaborative process in general where us as the actors are allowed to have such a big impact on, on your story. Because yeah, at the, end, at the end of the day, this is your story that you've written. And, and also Pino's, I guess. And Pino's yeah. as well. well yeah, it, it, <laughs> I didn't mean to sound begrudging. It, it, yeah. is, it is his life. It is his, it is life. his life. He can take some credit he as well. He can take some credit as well from Beyond the Grave, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that being said, do you want to like quickly run us through even just like the plot points of the, the chunk of his life that we're, that we're sharing with people with this play? Yeah, so um, the, the play kind of begins um, at home with him and, and his father Giuseppe and we get to see their interactions as, as father and son and it's just so wholesome and it's so, uh, I guess, bright uh, for the beginning of the play before the, the carpet is pulled underneath, but we can get to that later. <laughs> yeah, so, so you get to see this relationship between uh, Pino and his father and how that develops as, as Pino gets older. Mm. Um, are we allowed to talk about... I'd say, yeah. look, we could talk, I, I suppose we could talk about, 
in a vague sense, yeah. Themes yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and so eventually that relationship kind of uh, prolongs to the extent of, of Giuseppe having certain feelings about his son that, that no father should have about their son. <laughs> so we get to see that explored and then, and then we get to see their relationship kind of crumble and how that impacts Pino throughout the rest of the play in terms of the, not not necessarily father figures, but the kind of people that are his, his guardians and then the, the different people he encounters one way or, or another, use him for something. Hmm. Um, and we get to see that start with the person he's supposed to trust the most, which is his, his father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get to see Pino go through so many different environments. And yeah, I'm trying not to discuss the, the actual plot. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we just get to see this once young, um, beautiful, just, just naive boy turn into just this, this shell of... A person who's been nothing but abused and used their entire life, and it's really sad. But um, do you think he becomes a shell? Is that is that the journey? For yeah, you? yeah, in your mind. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, just, just kind of a, a, a shell of a, a of a person who has nothing else to to latch onto or nothing else to go except back in this direction of what he's been doing his entire life, which is things for other people. Mm. And it's about finding enjoyment in that. And that's his life, is to, is to give and to give and to give. And that's all he's done. And that's all people have asked for him. And, you know, you do that for so long, especially from a young age. That's all someone knows. God, yeah. okay. Well, sure? well, that's my interpretation. <laughs> no, that's super valid. No, you played him for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Your interpretation, I think, is worthy of contributing to a conversation about it. <laughs> it's wrong, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth it still. Look, you did it, didn't you? Yeah. So. <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, well, just to forget one thing that you just brought up in that sort of summation of things. Um, what is your relationship with beauty? Relationship with beauty. Uh, well, I mean, that's such a beauty, such a big word. I mean, I mean, in what sense do you mean? You decide. I decide. Yeah. Um. I don't. I re- I don't know. That that that's such a that's such a big uh, question that I, I, I. There's no way that I can answer that on the spot. Like, okay. Well, pick pick a version of beauty. A version of beauty. Um. I don't know. Physical beauty. I guess. Okay. Is, what's is your relationship one? with physical beauty? Yeah. I guess like everyone's, it's, it's up and downs. Like you know, there, there's there's insecurities and there's there, there's things that you like about yourself and don't like about yourself. Is this your physical beauty we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Um, my relationship with beauty. Yeah. It's a, it's a journey. I think. Um, I haven't really yeah thought about this in great. Sure. Trying to put you on the spot. Detail. No. No. Yeah, no. Not sure. At all. Um. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. I guess the thing about beauty is that, kind of like the show, there's interpretations and beauty is, is subjective and, and people take certain things. Like before the podcast, we were talking about your lovely hair, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you hate. And I'm like, I love your hair. It's so great. And, sure. And, and yeah, like, yeah, your, your new look. I love it. Uh, um, <laughs> I shaved my hair. It's not as if I'm yeah, just... Yeah, for the context. I'm yeah, not he, bringing up my hair in conversation. You're always <laughs> talking about yourself, Jake. Um, <laughs> it's a curse. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, what's your relationship with... with well, you're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, look, my relationship, if we're talking about our own personal beauty yeah. I've certainly lost interest in mine okay. I just I don't find it a very interesting thing to be thinking about or putting out into the world and I think there's part of me too in my more like renegade moments where I'm thinking like the pursuit of beauty or even like the presentation of personal beauty is kind of like being complicit in the commodified mechanics of mm. superficiality and the way that it's celebrated in our society I think mm, cool. I think there's something exciting about the idea of being consciously I don't know not necessarily unattractive because I think that's very separate to what beauty is I guess mm. um 
But I th- Julia Fox has said some things <laughs> about, yeah. and I don't know lots about the things that she said, but I've heard some of the things she said. I think she's a very interesting cultural phenomenon cool. and person. Um, and she's said many a time about um, how, yeah, taking ownership of her body back by consciously being not the beauty standard. While, of course, being a stunningly beautiful woman. Mm. Um, but yeah, and like Emily Ratajkowski said some really fascinating stuff in her really great memoir about... Her own body, of course. The book itself is called My Body. (laughs) Um, But yeah, about her being beautiful and her trying to take ownership of that and her experience of being someone working in the modeling industry for Mm. so long and and the times she's felt like a victim and times that she's felt like like the ownership of her body has been taken from her by others. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. but I think, yeah. No, so yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in my body. I definitely too, though, have like the double-pronged thing of like, Wanting to make, and this is all I think largely born of like a lot of self loathing and a, a lack of self worth, but this thing of wanting to be as non unpleasant to look at as possible just for the sake of other people. Like, I don't want to be uh, like a, a burden for people's eyes. Well, you're, you're, you're far, f- you're definitely not, you're like, really not, you're, you're pleasant to look at. Stella, you're stupid. Stop it. That's so nice of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't want to be an eyesore for people. Is certainly a thing that I factor yeah. in as well. Like I, I, I often think about like how much I resent being visible at all. Like sometimes I think I'd much rather just be like a wind and a concept and a, okay. and you know, like a conscious yeah. presence. Like maybe like maybe a ghost is what mm. I'm describing. But okay. like a thing that gets to be there and gets to absolutely engage with people because people are wonderful. Yeah. But I, I don't like them having to burden their minds with their conscious awareness of my physical presence. I suppose is my yeah. accidentally lengthy answer. Accidentally <laughs> lengthy. Yeah. Does any of that resonate with you? Yeah, no, it, it definitely re- resonates, but I, I'm interested in kind of like exploring that. Has, has that been, is that something that that's you've always thought about, like in terms of in terms of yourself and just kind of being there? Which part? That last part? Yeah, about just like like just massless being like, presence. Yeah, kind of like the like the gust of wind and, and not really wanting to be <laughs> to be looked at. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I think it didn't really like hit my consciousness until oh, it would have been like 2019, I think. Okay. Because I, I I had the epiphany around the time of being in a specific rehearsal room mm. and. Yeah, that's when I... It was the first time I said it out loud to the cast of people I was workshopping a script with. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it was around then where I was like, oh, yeah, I really hate having to be, like... Having to even contemplate... Because, too, like, there are so many mental illnesses working together. Having to be sort of accidentally aware of so many elements of social dynamics. Mm. And it's like, I wish I could just, like, turn off the part that has to worry about how I look while engaging with someone. Like, I'd much rather it be an engagement between Mm. ideas and voices and thoughts. And, um, yeah, and I, I don't like... I wish I could just, like, not have to think about, oh, don't do this weird hand thing, or, like, I, I wish that they weren't able to factor in the face I was making when I was yeah. saying stuff. Because, I don't know, that schism mm. that exists between how I appear sometimes and what I'm meaning is sometimes undermined by yeah. my, my physical presentation of the things that I'm yeah. saying. I don't know. Sure, I'm glad you find that interesting. I'm not sure if it is, but... <laughs> yeah, well, the, well, uh, well, that is one of the... That's one of the things that I do actually like about you Jake is because you are you, you are like you're authentically you so it's interesting that you have so much thoughts about how you present yourself and what you do in like like your hand gestures and stuff but yeah like that's one of the things that I do love about you Jake is that you are like in my from my perspective of you is that you are authentically you and you're not putting on an act or you're not doing this or you're not it doesn't appear as so you're conscious about anything but yeah you're just yourself and you're like I don't care what anyone thinks I'm me that's the that's the <laughs> sure. vibe yeah. that is very sweet Stelios yeah. sure but what about you what is your yeah tell me more about the experience of being inside of your body yeah it's 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 interesting <laughs> it's, it's interesting why um, yeah I, I, I don't know <laughs> um gosh um what is it like being inside my body just constant constant thoughts I don't really I don't really have many thoughts about gesturing as an actor you do have those 
thoughts, but it's more or less just just observations and and observing people and, and looking how looking at how they do stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of like the daily basis for me. Is just just watching in the least creepiest mm. way possible. Mm. Yeah, just taking in as much from my environment as I as I can. Okay. Uh, just just because I don't know, it's just something. That's just something I've always done. Is just watching people and just being fascinated by why people do the things that they do. It's part of what you like about acting. The experience of being looked at. I've I've never thought of that. Um, I I guess like um. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's nice. It's nice to be, I don't know, applauded for a performance or things like that. Those things. But are even great. outside of your like ability, is there something about the idea of like the lights hitting you and people looking at you? Is there something that really like a, like a validating kind of feeling? Is it validation or is it something else? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I guess there could be some validation in there. Yeah, um, I think I can admit that a hundred percent. Is that what would that be validating? I think, I was kind of thinking about this the other day, I, I think ultimately I was just, I'm too young to be thinking about this stuff, but just things that I wanted to be remembered by, you know. Oh my when, god, okay. Yeah, j- j- just, just... In like a eulogy way, or like a gravestone way, or like an obituary way, or like your ans- like like generations beneath you kind of way, or some other option. I love all those options, <laughs> that's very <laughs> well, what, specific. What were you thinking about? You were thinking about like... Kind of like a word of mouth kind of... Okay. J- 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 just, you know, name being mentioned and, and just the things that people like say. Like two months after your funeral or like a generation after your funeral? I guess I, it wasn't that specific. But okay. Probably, yeah, it's probably something recent. Like, yeah, a few months. Okay. Um, Yeah, and, and it was just obviously because, yeah, the, the goal for me is, yeah, acting is, is brilliant and I love it so much and what we do is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I also want to have a family and that's the thing that I want to be remembered by. But I guess in terms of creatively, I just want to be... Remembered as as a as a as an actor as a really great actor. So there are yeah, I guess there is some validation in there about the stage lights. It's it's a feeling that I can't explain, and it's it's almost an addictive feeling. Why? Because that's where your legacy is being built. I guess if you want to put it like is that, that what you're saying? I guess if you want to put it like that, yeah. I, I guess if people want to look back at the, at the things that I've done, and or I can look back at the things that I've done when I was young, I do want it to be around that. Yeah. Okay. Around the around. The performances are in there and around me in this in this industry, and the things that I've left behind and the way that I've impacted people. And if I can be someone that someone can look up to, or I can I don't know inspire a, a kid to want to act as as actors have inspired me to want to pursue that, mm-hmm. then there's nothing more that I can ask for. I, th- I think yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that that that's a really great feeling for someone. If someone were to come up to you and say you're the reason that I did this, mm-hmm. yeah, that would just that would just make everything for me everything worthwhile. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. So part of that onstage presence, part of it, outside of, you know, whatever the character or whatever mm, that garbage course, is happening as well, yeah. part of the thrill of yeah. the light hitting you yeah. is some part of your unconsciousness or your heart or something is like, this is building this thing that will have rippling effects outside of everything I do on the stage. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think you're definitely onto something. I think, yeah, well, it's it's storytelling and, and like, like any story, you take certain things from it and things that you love and things that you hate. So if I can be a part of something... Mm-hmm. That that someone once liked or loved or thought about or changed their viewpoint of or their perspective on mm-hmm. on things, then yeah, that would be that would be that's my job as an artist done. That's exactly sure. what you're supposed to do. Well, because so then what have what what has a story done for you? Oh well, that's 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 such a big question. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be the biggest thing. Even just a thing that you remember a story changed your mind about. Yeah. Uh, what made you think about? There's a a really beautiful. 
uh, a really beautiful film called About Time. Have you seen? Oh my god, it? Rachel McAdams. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I've struck. I've oh struck something. Please talk to me. Okay, about I can talk time. about this one for hours. I oh. love this film. Oh, what do you love about it? Uh, <laughs> 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 I can see visible excitement. Oh my god. Um, for me, the thing, because obviously it is a romance, but the thing I took about it was was the the father and son. Ah, oh, when they're story. on the beach. Oh, don't! I'm gonna oh, cry. My, oh my god! Do not. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen that film one time. Yeah, because I can't, because I cannot watch that film. I left the cinema and said to the friend you I watched went to it in with, the cinema. Oh my god, I left with my friend Madeline, and I was like, I feel like I've been assaulted. Yeah, it was. I was my dehydrated. Goodness, <laughs> my goodness. I yeah, my goodness. Um, what a beautifully. What a beautiful film! And wait, so the father son thing is the it, largest. It, it was the it was the father son thing, and even just the inclusion of like the time travel aspect in mm. terms of, because there's I, I don't remember the plot exactly, but the whole thing with the daughter being he the, spoilers <laughs> about about time <laughs> go watch it. But uh, yeah, there's a time travel aspect introduced very early on in the film, and it's you can go back to certain points, but then it changes things, and it's him and the father, and it's like once you go back, this is it. Like mm. I'm not going to be here, and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. And then it just cuts to this beautiful scene on the beach, and it just makes you reflect about your own life and Ugh. your relationship with yeah, with your parents. And it's like, and is that what hit you? Was it about the parents? That's, thing? What, that's what hit me. It's like okay. yeah, like the whole time travel aspect about there's only so, like that's the thing you can't do that. You can't travel back, and I guess live a memory as many times as you want. And I guess that's the that's the beauty of it is that it only happens once. And I watched the film, and then I left my room, and I went to the lounge room, and I said hello, Dad, and I gave him a big hug. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I guess what I took from it is that it made me just really grateful of like my life at the moment and the things that I have. And I guess like any life you live, not everything's perfect, but I'm a glass half full kind of, kind of guy. You are? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I try to be. I try mm-hmm. to be a glass half full guy. And I was just kind of reflecting on the things that I... Love in my life and, and the relationships that I have at this current moment. And it was a film and it was a performance that did that. So mm. if I can do that for someone else, then that's the most beautiful thing in the world for me, I think. To, to do what? To do what? To make someone feel an intense emotion or to have someone be closer to their father or to be... Just 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 anything, really. I guess, I guess an, intense, an intense emotion, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... I, I, yeah, I'm not really too sure how to how to verbally describe what's happening in my mind right now. Sure, but yeah, okay. yeah, I, I guess yeah, some sort of yeah, intense emotion, yeah, sure. or some sort of yeah, in- inspiration or gratitude or, or things like that. Um, yeah, of course, hundred percent, Jake. Yeah. And is that partly because you turn to stories to feel intense emotions? Is that what you think they're largely intended for? <gasps> I think yes, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think stories are there to, to to provide those things. It's also an escape. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I think life. Uh, yeah, life can just be so just so terrible sometimes, and these stories provide a, an an hour and a half of escape, and that's why we go to see films. Well, that's why I see films. That's why I read and I watch plays and I read plays. It's because you get to kind of escape your own world and the madness happening, and you get to live in this world. And if I don't know, there's a, a, a child out there trying to watch a film or put on something to kind of escape his world and he gets to see me or he gets to see you and he gets to laugh a little bit or he gets to do something and mm-hmm. makes him think about his own life and it takes him away even for like a second, then I think that's that's the whole purpose of the entertainment is to take you away and, and leave you with something you didn't have before or a thought you didn't have before, a perspective you never thought about. Hmm. Yeah. What sort of stories do you turn to when you're miserable? Miserable stories. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it honestly depends. Uh, 
it could be like something comfort. Like I watch like like the like the original Spider Man films. I love like the Sam Raimi films. Sure. They're so cheesy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just in general gravi- uh, like kind of gravitate towards just starker kind of like the tragedy kind of plot element or like the, like a tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, just when you're sad or always. Kind of just in general. Yeah. I, like, like even in terms of like the characters that I yeah gravitate towards or the characters that I end up playing and all have some sort of tragic element in them or like it's never a, a happy ever after story and they rode off into the sunset and that was it it's mm-hmm. it's more it's like it's not really a happy ending for this character so I, like, I find that really interesting about what it is about myself why I do gravitate towards these figures or towards these stories or towards these characters um, of what of of upsetting stories without happy endings yeah just just upsetting stories or, or, or about a character who doesn't have a happy ending I just yeah it's, it's really fascinating because yeah, I think as an actor, the more you know yourself, the better actor you'll be. Because, yeah, you know what's good about you, what's what you don't like about you, the things that you're good at, things that you're bad at, mm-hmm. um, things you're interested in, you're not interested in, and that can... That makes you a better actor. I think, yes. I think okay. the more you know yourself, yes. The more you know, like, your triggers, the more you know the things that make you laugh, things that make you smile. All those things definitely help, especially, like, with character work. I think character work, on a different kind of... Subtrack over here. No, take me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think character work's really <clears throat> underutilized um, in in Australia and, and in in theatre and in acting. You think character work is underutilized as a kind of skill that's taught? Yeah. Okay. How um, would you describe that skill? I've never put a definition. I guess I guess character work is is how I guess the different why um, into the how of how something's done. That's not really a great definition, but yeah. Sure. Like, for example, <laughs> for example, the way you're holding the the great cup of coffee you made right now is different to the way I would hold it or, or I guess they didn't have coffee back in back in this day but I don't know the way they what were... day what day are we in <laughs> like like <laughs> I was just thinking of like an historical character but it was oh, like, okay. it was in my head I didn't yeah. say it okay. like, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I do that sometimes uh, the way I don't know Abraham Lincoln would hold a drink or the way I don't know Elvis would hold a drink or the way this person would hold a drink is so mm. different so like that's character work how like the difference in how someone would would do something um so it's like if you're doing a scene and, and you're playing a character, you can you can introduce aspects of your own life hmm. um, or think about something that's affecting you, but then you will react as you. But if you change how you react, that's like that's the character work. It's about how this person would react and it's about you doing that. Sure. Yeah. Which is, and it, by the sounds of it, is that a very much like outside-in kind of approach to performance? Yeah. Yeah, because there's so many different techniques in terms of like, you don't need to, like I've done stuff where it's like, you don't, you can only be like, just be yourself. Mm. You don't have to play a character. You don't have to play like a walk or do anything. You can just bring yourself and your experiences and that should be enough. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a great building block, but I think that it only takes you so far. For example, if, if we do, if we're doing a film and I'm playing a 21 year old actor and he's on a podcast and that's what the scene is. I don't really have to play a character. I can just be me. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, we'll bring up Abraham Lincoln because he's coming up. If I have to play Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and I'm doing Lincoln the film mm. um, and I just be myself, that's not going to work because you watch the film and you're like, he's not Abraham Lincoln. He's Stelios right now. He's, he's I don't acting. have to be a dickhead, but I would really enjoy that. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's get the rights. Uh, yeah, like, but, but it, it's not... I guess authentic to the character. I would need to find how someone in during that time lived, mm. how they how he walked, if he had any if he had a limp or something, or how Abraham Lincoln talked. He had an American accent, obviously, from Kentucky, so how he would talk and how that would influence like the way his mouth moves and mm. what he would think of first thing in the morning and how he would eat food and whether he would use cutlery <laughs> and like all these different things. That's character work. Like you have to play not necessarily play a character, but you have to Yeah, figure out those things and then 
do it. Because, yeah, the way Stelios would eat something is different to the way Abraham Lincoln would eat something. So you you eat it better. I eat it better, yeah. You would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, but, so, and, okay, and do you have a, a suspicion as to why that methodology resonates with you so much? Yeah, um, because I think that's kind of what, what, what the, when you kind of think of the great, I guess the, the quote-unquote great, I guess, yeah, Oscar performances, it's, it's always someone, I guess, disappearing into something or camouflaging, like, I know I just said, Lincoln, you bring up Daniel Day-Lewis, and or Meryl you Sh- bring up Daniel Day-Lewis. I bring up, you brought him up. The <laughs> only Daniel Day-Lewis performance I've ever seen is Nine, the musical. What?! <laughs> Sorry. No, Jay. Unless he camouflaged that well, I didn't see no, him in other Jay. things. No, all I've seen him in was Nine. Um, and I was like, this man is not handsome enough for Kate to be so into him. I haven't seen Nine. Ugh. Haven't seen Nine. Okay, um, we'll fix that. But if you do watch different films, even if you watch it back to back, you don't mm. you don't watch the film and you, and you see Daniel Day-Lewis, you see Bill the Butcher, or you see the other characters that he's played. He's mm. so great at playing different people. And like I, I, I watched this interview where this person's talking about Meryl Streep, and even if you watch different films that she's done and you watch it on mute and you just watch her mm. the way she does different things is so it's so different like she's she's not Meryl Streep but she's not this character playing in this movie she's two different characters like she's playing two different like real life people sure with different emotions and different fears and different goals so that's what I think really great acting is but then there's also an art in just being yourself and that, sure. sometimes that's enough but it sounds like you think that maybe that is like a lesser version of what acting can be no, no? I, I think it depends on what you do. Like I said, if I'm playing someone, if you're playing someone in modern times, mm. and it, I guess it's just like a rom com, and I'm just playing like some some. Obviously, there's still acting work that needs to be done, and sure. there's still things you need to strengthen, and there's still all these different kind of ways you need to find into the character. But for mm. the most part, I can just be myself. Uh, yeah, and, and use different stuff. But yeah, like I said, if you're playing like an historical figure or someone in the past that you don't know that life or how that person lives, then I think there's something in spending an hour or two as that person or how that person would eat or... Yeah. Sure. I think that's what I... I resonate with that kind of style, I think. Yeah, and trying to find ways into how that person would would do... Yeah, certain sure. tasks. Well, yeah. even if you're doing... Like, being a modern character, though, of course, you could get a role and then you decide, okay, but I want him to be British and I want him <laughs> to be blind and I want him to, like, also, I don't know, have, a, like a like, a lingering shoulder injury. You know, and that will provide you with all these bits and pieces that you enjoy bringing with your arsenal sure. to a role. And do you think that performance would therefore be more something than something else? Well, is that is that you as the actor wanting well, to bring it's you coming to a role and you go, okay, Stelios, two options. We do it pretty much you. You're you, it's mostly you. Mm. And you just do that in like a natural organic way that, as you've described, requires much less energy mm. and like intellectual effort. Or... British shoulder injury, <laughs> <laughs> you know, blind guy, you know, <laughs> do you think the performance, yeah, like equipping yourself with all yeah, these things sure. that you've just described, sure. you do this like blind British shoulder injury sure. guy, that performance is one more worthy of a claim than more organic seeming Stelios performance. Interesting. I don't think it's, I don't think it's more worthy of a claim because it's, it's not necessarily a more difficult performance, like both, it's still acting, it's still difficult, it's still work, it's still a craft, it's not easy, I can't just be like, yep, I'm, I can play this guy, I don't need to do any work, it's just the lines, like, no, of course not. Sure, okay. There's still work to be done. In terms of acclaim, I, I, don't, I don't think so, I think it more so depends on what the character does and what the actual film is about and what the script's about and what the character does then, because you can play a British guy with a shoulder injury and he's also blind mm. and you could have a few lines and you could put all this effort in but you could play a naturalistic 
character where he's just a guy in a coffee shop and that's the whole film mm-hmm. and that could be a brilliant performance and that could be magnificent and that would be more worthy of a claim because it's about what the actual character does in the film and how authentically the actor portrays that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. And is it witnessing? Is it witnessing Oscars ceremonies <laughs> and witnessing actors like Meryl Streep and Daniel Day Lewis that have convinced you that this version of acting is the one that is most of interest to you and the one that you consider to be? I don't know how you how I would characterize it from the outside of how you consider this style of acting yeah. that you're describing. I'm not Do you sure. think it's like the best version of it, or the most interesting version of it, or just the type that you want to do, or is it kind of like the one that you take most seriously? Yeah. See, I'm. I'm I don't think about most serious. I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence with that. Because, yeah, obviously, I do love those, yeah, quote-unquote Oscar-nominated films and performances. And they, as an actor, of course, they, they, as an artist, they're great to watch. Because you get to watch, yeah, these masters at work slip in and out of characters. But, mm. yeah, some, um, yeah, sometimes you don't really need to, to do that. And, and I don't know if that makes a performance necessarily better. But, yeah, I, I have been around those kind of roles where you watch a film and it's like, I didn't realise that was this actor because he was so good and I didn't know he actually has a British accent because his American accent is perfect. Okay. Uh, so yeah. it's almost magic tricks a bit. I guess kind of like magic tricks, yeah. And, okay. and it's, it's... Yeah, well, I, I, as Stelios, find the idea of playing something completely different to you, I, I just find that extremely interesting. But yeah, I, I've done plenty of stuff where I don't have to do... My, I don't have a limp or I don't, <laughs> I'm not British and I'm just using my own life and I'm using my own experiences and that's extremely fun and engaging. I love that and I've, I've, I've done some good stuff with that. Mm. I think it just depends on the role um, and and what you do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I find both styles fascinating. I don't necessarily think that to acting means becoming someone else and you have to live that life and you have to do all these things. It definitely doesn't have to do that. I just think if the role calls for it, then mm. yeah. Yeah, for example, Jake, if you... I don't know, you... If you're playing Michael Jackson, which you definitely, yeah, you spit an image. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's the plan. It, it's it's the hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you would have to do a lot of work in terms of, you know, how how he'd walk and how we talk and what his life was like. I don't think. Oh, but Sally's now we're getting into the territory of my very strong, dumb opinions about like adaptations. It's not, no, it's none not, of like real people being like, playing. Oh, in like the biopic. Biopics yeah, that's stuff. interesting. I'm just very passionately an advocate for like why do we keep putting prosthetics on people's faces? I don't understand why it's important that Virginia Woolf has the right shaped nose. I don't understand why we need to put all these people in fat suits all the time. Mm. I think you can play a lot of these people while looking like Julia Roberts. I don't think you need to try to trick me into thinking that you're actually this other person while turning yourself into, like, the Grinch. The I Grinch. don't. Like, why are you suddenly turning into this animatronic in order to convince me that you are this person? It's like, <laughs> is it, it, what, like what is acting? Like, when yeah. it comes to, like, and again, not to get me on this soapbox, but it's like, if we're going to keep no, getting these, like, if we're going to get these straight people to play gay people, mm. it's like, I don't understand why we can't also believe that this person that happens to look a lot like Christian Bale yeah. can't also be this historical figure that in this talent mm. looks a lot like Christian Bale. Yeah. I don't understand why we're in this. I, 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 my simple <laughs> mind wants to like, bl- like blame Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night <laughs> like, Live. When did we get it in our heads that these people need to you look... You need this, yeah. Yes. So has there been like a recent performance where you'd be like, nah, this is, I'm, 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 I'm over this. Like this is... Oh, from the get-go. Is like, from like, the get-go? Yeah, yeah. Is there, one that, is there one that comes to mind? For some reason my brain is wanting me to yell bombshell that like atrocious, like Fox News expose, Nicole Kidman... Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie. I don't think I've seen it. I it was... Well, I don't think anyone did. There was, <laughs> that, there was that amazing teaser trailer they released where it was like the three of them, like those three blonde women standing yeah. in an elevator. Okay. And they were like tensely waiting to go to the top of like the Fox News building.
building. And it was sort of like, it's certainly as well, kind of like in the direct moments after the Me Too movement had kind of really oh, taken swing. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. these actors are so good and mm. they're going to do something about this story. Um, then the movie itself was terrible. Oh. But it, like it, scene after scene was just this parade of actors with all these like heavy, like makeup choices and prosthetics and adornments and fat suits and outfits. And it's like... Yeah, these the, you're all doing very funny impressions of these people that we're supposed to be taking very seriously. Yeah. But it's like, what are we gunning for at this point? Mm. Like, what are we doing? Like, why not just interview the people? Or like, wh- I don't know. But I, I, are we pursuing truth? Yeah. Or are we just trying to impress people with how much Alice and Janney can pretend to be this other woman <laughs> with a different haircut? I'm not Alice and Janney. Well, that's... <laughs> yeah. So- but is that because the actual performance in the film was better? Like, what if they had all that stuff, but the performances were incredible and there was lots of truth and it was actually a great... Would you still have that opinion? Then what on, is the point of all what's the prosthetics? What's the point of the prosthetics? I, I guess That's I very this, interesting to I me. I come back to this thing of, like, aren't we pursuing truth? Aren't are we, we pursuing truth, Isn't it, like, yeah. isn't it meant to be about the storytelling? Well, there is... Yeah, I think there is an essence of, of Oscar-baiting, kind of... Because there is... I think there is a narrative of... Like, the, watch this actor slip into this role and it's like, Oscar, playing a famous musical talent and he transforms and loses all this weight. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, adding to your point, I think the reason that it's so done today and, like, just that genre of the biopic and especially the musical biopic... Sure. Yeah, yeah. is done because it is very Oscar-baity. Even if the films yeah. are great, yeah, which yeah, there have yeah. been some really great films, 100%. Mm. But, yeah, there is a sort of um, draw... I guess. To, and that's, to the and community, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's a draw. There's the thing too, it's like, as I've talked about a number of times and with you, it's like the peril of like certain performances getting celebrated as we were just discussing. Exactly. It's like it then teaches people that this is what it, good is. Exactly, yeah. And then you get warped messages that, that eventuate in these things because even the thing that you just mentioned, like the idea of someone losing a lot of weight for a role, like Jared Leto mm. losing all that weight for Dallas Buyers Club. It's yeah. like, I still think there's a bunch of honesty in that. It's like outside of the dangerous thing of like <laughs> losing weight for something and like putting your body on the mm. line or like we've lost actors to that exact practice, of yeah, course. But it's but I think there's some honesty too and like that actor is, as we were just talking about you being inside of your body yeah it's like being inside the, the truth of your body which is such an inescapable experience like the corporeal prison that we mm. are all walking around in if we are able to walk at all is <laughs> is is that thing of like you are really in there you know and it, it, your body is the only tool you have to like g- get you out of you at all you know exactly, for people yeah. to know what's inside and and therefore i think that is yeah, if you're going to alter your body yeah. that way, it, it is the pursuit of honesty. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I think when it comes to fat suits and shit, it's like, in aid of what? <laughs> in aid of what? You know? Sure, if it's the A whale, I get it. Yeah. You know? Brendan has to be He has fat. to be big, otherwise the whole film just doesn't work. Yeah, but yeah. also, immediately counteract to that, imagine if he weren't. Imagine if you weren't like David Bowie in The Elephant Man, you know? Let's just have him be a normal-sized person who everyone treats as a morbidly obese, sad hippopotamus. Yeah, it's yeah. It's interesting you bring up The Elephant Man. Did you know, uh, have you heard, did you, did you know that Bradley Cooper did The Elephant Man on stage for... Uh, and he had no prosthetics. It was just him. Oh, he was one of those productions. Yeah, it was one of those right. productions. Yeah. yeah. I think you could probably find some clips on YouTube. Um, it was years ago. I think it was like five or six years ago. And he'd done... He'd done... I think he said he'd done like over a year just of, of work. Because, yeah, there was no prosthetics. So it was just him as an actor, which is... I think that's also what makes theatre a really great space. I think that's maybe where you get these opinions of, which are great opinions, where you don't need all this stuff. You can just be you. Mm. You can just be an actor on stage and you can still convey something without the need for 
prosthetics. Do you think that's also like the theater background in you as well? Because I think that's a valid point. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I'd say those yeah, ideas are, are, are very theatrical. Yeah. Because even even just the, the basic thing of like the suspension of disbelief is much higher with yeah. theater than it is on film. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. He did the Elephant Man on stage to brilliant acclaim. Mm. Uh, to the, to the point where people said that yeah he didn't even need to to do prosthetics mm-hmm. and I don't know if that had to do with the fact that it was theater and people yeah it might have been too difficult to see his face but I believe it was his choice to not want to do prosthetics and just wanted to convey just using just just his face mm. um, and I yeah like I find that so interesting but that's not something that's talked about a lot I know that most theater performances are kind of overlooked by film because that's where the acclaim is and and things like that, which is sad because yeah, there are great theatrical performances. But, but also, yeah. what is a claim? A claim but also, is what is a claim? What yeah. does that mean to be better than than one? And yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it is very much the transformation kind of films and the transformation roles that do overshadow a great naturalistic performance, which is yeah, arguably just as good or what is good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's definitely yeah points in that. It does teach a. It does push these kind of films for studios to make, which are like the the biopics and the films about real people and. Things like that because they are transformative and they do draw and people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I definitely think, yeah, that's very true. Um, I am excited to see Priscilla though. I'm excited to see that <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, cause I'm, a, I'm a huge Elvis fan. I, I was, uh, sorry to flex, but <laughs> no, I, I was, I, I, for the past three years, I've been 0.01% of Elvis listeners on Spotify. The top. 0.01%. 0.01%, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, man, I love him. I feel like that must mean that you are like up there with like Elvis-themed restaurants that only play his music on Spotify. I- I've never gone to one, but yeah, <laughs> I guess I'd be up. I guess I'd be up there. That's in- remarkable. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. Does he have like a Does he have like a lesser-known song that you think people are like not paying enough attention yeah, to? I've got, oh, plenty. I think I've got like I've got hundreds of songs. Um, there's a really good song uh, he sings called Angel, and it's take seven of that song. That's a, it's a really beautiful <laughs> song. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the seventh take of that, um, that song. So if you search it up. How do you have access to the seventh take of Angel by Elvis Presley? You can just, it, it's just on one of his, one of his, one of his, I was just looking through his, like, disc, disc, uh, like his, you know, his EPs and his albums and I was looking through and there's different takes and the most famous one was the seventh take. I think on Spotify, I think they got rid of the other takes. I think just the, the seventh... For some reason, it's his seventh take. Okay. But that's the only version on Spotify that they have at this moment. Okay. So it's like, where are the other six? Like, they used to... I guess that's just the one that they chose. Sure. But yeah, that's a that's a beautiful song, I think. Um, that's a really beautiful song. Um, but yeah, back to Priscilla. Yeah. I find that interesting because, yeah, her book uh, portrays him in a very interesting... Uh, <laughs> you love saying interesting, interesting when you mean a different adjective. Oh, interesting. What, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> In what manner does it does it show him? Because I'm trying to. Because yeah, obviously he 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 wasn't a, a he wasn't a, a a perfect person, and he was universally loved and acclaimed. But yeah. her book is about the fact that he was really controlling in the relationship, and he'd make her. Uh, well, he'd want her to. He'd want to dress her in certain ways, and he'd want her to wear makeup, and he'd want her to do to do all this stuff. And I guess that was kind of the point in casting Jacob Elordi. He's brilliant. Mm. Um, he's a really great actor, and in Euphoria, he does play that kind of character. So I guess that was. I think I heard Sophia Coppola talk about that was the point in casting Jacob Elordi because he is he's played that kind of character before. Okay. But yeah, Priscilla will be interesting to watch because yeah, it's based off her book. And it's the second adaptation. I don't know if you know, they did make an adaptation of that book like in the 80s. Oh. After the Kurt Russell Elvis film. Goodness. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. Did, did you, you know, watch did, that? I haven't seen it. No, okay. I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Who played Priscilla? 
I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't think it was. It wasn't a very big budget film, I believe. It wasn't Sally Field. It wasn't Sally. It wasn't no Glenn Close. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Sorry, sweet listener. We just realised that <laughs> Stellios and I have finally found an older actor that we both resonate with. Sally Field. And it's Sally Field. <laughs> oh, she's gl- glorious, glorious. Yeah, Priscilla would be very interesting to watch uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, the book portrays him in a very, very bad, manipulative light. So it would just be interesting to to, to see that, especially because we had the other Elvis biopic, mm-hmm. which was like. In a, in a claim of him and, and how great his life was. Sure. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, the different version of him because, especially with the way, like, Baz Luhrmann makes his films very, like, theatrical and it's very big and it's very over the top and it's very, like, showmanship and, like, yeah, it's it's it, that's, that's sort of his film. So now we're going to get a take on Elvis that's very down-to-earth and very naturalistic and it's very much lots of dialogue dialogue heavy which mm. is great. I love those films. Sure. And if he's portrayed like this, is it likely to affect your passion for his music or is that kind of untouchable for you? No, it, I don't think it's I don't think it's untouchable, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it brings up the, it brings up the issue of separating art from the artist. Like that's interesting because yeah, he's done some very interesting stuff. But then it's like <laughs> some interesting stuff. Yeah. So like yeah, just <laughs> uh, yeah, they've like, done some interesting stuff. But then he also makes br- like really great music. So it's like yeah, it's like do you still support the artist music if you don't support the artist? Like what mm-hmm. do you, what's your Perspective on that. Oh, oh, oh short. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's not dwell on cancel culture, but yeah, cancel no, culture. no, no, that's, yeah, no, no. I'd say it, it's it's case by case, certainly in yeah. terms of like what is your intention with, with with the support of the people. Like I think it's almost like akin to the idea that it's a personal, like a person's personal responsibility mm. to ensure they don't use plastic bags in order to save the environment. <laughs> it's like can't. It's not my job. <laughs> like it's not my job. Like of course I do what yeah. I can, but it's like it's not my job to. To mm. stop an entire industry from polluting the world yeah. to a point where we can't. We can do what we can. You know, we can, we but it's like the, 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 the spin that has been in place to convince all of us that we are supposed to individually save the world when it is not our responsibility or our capacity to do so yeah. is one of the darkest yeah. things about quack quack of the of the global warming crisis. Quack, quack, yeah. quack yeah, it's very dark. Mm. And <laughs> um, But yeah, no, but to, I think when it comes to, like, what are you actually doing with the way that you engage with the art of this person that society has deemed atrocious? You know, is it yeah. is it the sort of thing that you're, I don't know, recommending to other people? Is that in the, the way that you engage with the media, is it putting money directly into their pockets? Like, are you advocating for this person in a broad way that damages mm. the lives of the victims and the welfare of them? Are you re-traumatizing anyone in the way that you engage with that person's media? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's like, I think in that way, unless you are like the head of some sort of conglomerate, it's like what, what in your active participation with their media is, is that in any way enforcing anything that they've done mm. and their behaviours. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, I think it's, I think it is boiled down. It's Pretty that simple, much, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. I, I, you can do whatever you want in terms of like your own integrity in the, like the boundaries of your own home. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I, I think that if a person's listening to R. Kelly's music, <laughs> I think I want them to know the things that he's yeah, done. Yeah. But it's like, but I can also hear someone make a, like a staunch defense of the fact of like, yeah, but I like this song and I don't think that me listening to it does anything for the people that he wronged. And I don't think it That's means that I don't yeah. also agree that he should be met with justice. Yeah. You know? And I think there's room for that gray area to exist. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you've definitely hit the points that I think I believe in as well. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, that's very interesting. Like, yeah, like yeah, listening to an R. Kelly song. And like, just, I can just imagine someone coming up to you saying, do you know who did all this stuff? And like, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, which for me is too much. Like, yeah. I will not... Yeah, yeah which I, is fair. Because I can't listen to his like, music. I don't want to give money to this person, but yeah, like, understandable. No, but and same with Michael Jackson. It's like, I know that a lot of what he's been accused of has been kind all of like upended yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and disproven a lot of it. But mm. still, I can't listen to Michael Jackson without thinking about think victimized about children. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, even it just does, the concept of victimized children. It does pop in your mind. Yeah, it does. definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know I just think it's fascinating it is fascinating anyway to get back to theatre which I guess is the point of why we're here (laughs) Um, you currently in your day to day life in the the, the days that we are currently in yes the days of our lives the days of our lives like sands through the hourglass um, (laughs) if you were to be like plonked on a stage tomorrow and the light was to come on is there a role that you would like to be in what do you hope to be doing on this imaginary stage what are you in the mood for that's a great question um I always try to, I always try to find myself, I always try to challenge myself and, and do something I haven't done before or like, yeah, which is discussions we've obviously had. Yeah. Mm. Try to find different colors of myself. I haven't explored yet okay. uh, at this very old age of, of 21. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the thing I'm really wanting to do right now is something like classical. Like I would love to do like something like Shakespearean. Okay. Um, at this moment. Okay. I don't know if that was the answer to your question. That's fine. Yeah, because that, that's something that's something I've I've never done before. Mm-hmm. So that would be something for me that would be a challenge. It's extremely for me. I find it very difficult. So it would be very fun to be like, oh, I find this difficult. This is really hard for me. Let's do the whole thing. Like, like let's 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 do it. Let's do it like a Shakespeare play or something like that. Have you got a Shakespeare in mind? I, I don't. There's there's not many characters I can play like other than like I'm thinking of. What do you mean? Like is it like at this uh, in terms it's of so like, famously in terms, adaptable? Obviously, it's, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Like there's yeah. that. Um, I love Julius Caesar. That's that's probably my favorite Shakespeare play. That would have been my guess. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Why is that? I'm interested. I don't know because I think. <laughs> I don't know, I think... Because you look Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Why was it? No, because I think you're the sort of person to enjoy, like, even your passion for, like, The Godfather, which I still haven't watched, but I'm putting putting time aside to do it. But I think you enjoy these types of things where it's, like, a bunch of men shouting at each other. I think for that reason, I figured that, like, Julius Caesar would be a thing for you. But I think, too, as well, like, you have an appreciation of, like, the softer side of men. And I know there's a lot of that throughout Shakespeare, but I think... I often come to um, the, the, the guy who... Uh, Br- Brutus. Um, oh, Brutus, yeah. Yeah, I think for some reason, I don't know. The, Ambitiously Brutus, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> well, I th- just think, I, when I think about Julius Caesar, I always kind of like, for some reason, the scene that always sticks with me, and it's it's a, a role that I've played in like an excerpt of Julius oh, cool. Caesar before, of playing Brutus, and that scene he has with Portia, where Portia's really worried about yeah. him, and they just have that nice mm. conversation. Um, um yeah, I don't know, that softness for is whatever that the reason. That you, is that the scene that yeah. you... That exa- oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, that scene... I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Something about that and you. And it's like, I don't know, I think too you would also be like a really interesting Porsche, you know? That like would be just, interesting, yeah. yeah. That'd be really I don't know. interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, because yeah, no, there's... Something so like I find so much about you so interesting oh, and you. so engaging. Oh, thank but it's you. like, but yeah, no, but like the I don't know the, 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 the I don't know the softness inside of you is yeah. something that I just am so transfixed by. Wow. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I'm sort of like I've started reading this book called, um, what is it? it's Brutus and other heroines. It's something like that. Interesting. But it's yeah by this Shakespearean actor who sort of made a career out of being a woman playing male roles and is kind of has diarized very, very cool yeah has yeah, diarized all their cool. experiences of playing these men in Shakespeare and uh, yeah yeah I think you going for the reverse 
I guess it's just on my mind. That would be Could cool. just be, like, fun. Yeah, like, that would be know. actually really fun to do. Know. Like, if I wanted to see you play Juliet, I think that's a thing that I could get around. Yeah. In terms of, like, an excited audience member. Mm. Um, that type of thing. Does that sort yeah. of thing resonate with you? Yeah, um... You don't have to lie. If you have no interest... <laughs> it's not that I have no interest, it's just that I've, I've never thought of, of doing something like that. Well, if that, you want to push yourself and find things yeah, you haven't done yet. exactly. Well, that, that, that's definitely one of the things I talked about, yeah. So I, I've never thought about that. That would be very fun to do. I think I, I wouldn't say no to that. That'd what do you be... think you would find fun about that? Well, because, yeah, it, it, it's just exploring something I haven't done before. Exploring characters. Because obviously, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a male. I'm going to look towards male characters that I can play and, and the, the type of characters that I would love to do and the stories I would love to tell. But... Yeah, it's now it's from the female perspective, so it's yeah that would be interesting. Hmm. I think that'd be yeah something I haven't touched on, something I haven't really thought about. So that would be really great to do. Sure. In the nice way possible. Sure. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think in terms of yeah characters. I would. Uh, there's a play that's been on my mind that I would love to do. Mm. Oh, what's it called? Uh, this is our youth. It's a very famous play. Mm, yes. Yeah, I would love to do. This is our youth. How come? It's it's I think it's really well written. Um, I think it's Kenneth Lonergan. He's got some really, uh, yeah, great plays. Okay. And it's such a, it's such a, yeah, it's such a simple concept. It's such a simple play. It's just about three friends, um, which, yeah, I obviously assume you've, you know the play. I'm not going to Not well. It. No, I don't know it well. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's really good. It basically just explores the friendship between two different people, um, a very kind of dominant, intense person, and then there's a very kind of submissive, uh, friendlier, kind of wholesome guy. And it's about their very weird very one-sided friendship uh, and then and then one of them has a crush and then she enters the play it's a three-hander it's really great um, and yeah because th- I think that's what made playing Pina Lorenzino in Pinocchio so interesting because I do tend to play more I guess masculine is the word I don't know dominant kind of intense characters mm-hmm. so that's why yeah it, w- it was great playing because you tend to get cast as those things or you gravitate towards those roles I think a little bit of both I think, okay. I think a little bit of both I do I think I do tend to get cast as that I do enjoy playing that mm. and I haven't really played I've never played a young boy before mm-hmm. but um, I've, I've never played a kind of character who I guess it could be described in a one word adjective I guess um submissive, I guess, would be one of the many adjectives you could be used to describe a character, a person like Pino Lorenzino. Sure. So okay. it was, yeah, as in, as, in, as in a person who could be, I guess, played with and used and toyed and wouldn't and couldn't do much, wouldn't be able to do anything to fight back and would kind of just have to take it hmm. and take things from that and find light in that. Uh, so those kind of characters, like Pino Lorenzino, is something I never played and that's something that made me want to gravitate towards doing it because, yeah, it was so beautifully written and it was such an interesting person to play and it was a colour of myself I hadn't explored yet. Sure, that's yeah, really interesting. So, sure. Yeah, like, that's what made me want to do it. But yeah, I'm going back to This Is Our Youth. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten the character's name. Uh, Warrior, Dennis is the, is the character's name. Okay. Yeah, I would love to play Dennis. It's, it, 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 it's such a... It's such a... He's such a funny, great character. Hmm. Um, obviously flawed. There's, he's got many issues, but I just... That would be something I would gravitate towards. Like if you if you were like, let's do a play. We can do any play you want. I'd be like, yeah, this is our youth, and I'm about the right age. It's an early twenties play, mm-hmm. and yeah, in my research, it's hard to find um, characters. See, see, I, I find in my in in when I read plays, most of the characters, in terms of leading characters, most of them are maybe thirties or late twenties, forties, uh, even fifties, and then older in in the theater. Mm. In terms of like the leading roles, and then you get to on screen and film, and it's like, yeah, it's a lot easier for someone like me to do something on screen because you can write 
new stuff and you can do the films of characters who are in their early 20s. Whereas on stage, in terms of established, well-renowned plays, there's not many like This Is Our Youth where it's so beautifully written and you can be in your early 20s and you can do it. Obviously, there are other plays that do that, but... Sure. Yeah. So, so it's... I think that's definitely a reason why because it's difficult to find really great plays that I can do at, at, at a young age. That's so yeah. interesting. I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I've never thought about that, but I, yeah. I suppose it even makes sense in the way of like a playwright, if you want it to be like a really beautifully written play, especially like a, like a well-applauded one, if you want to find a play yeah. like that, I guess it makes sense that playwrights are really hitting their stride in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Exactly, yeah. And they're therefore writing people around that age as well. I guess that makes sense. Or maybe writing those characters more well than if they try to take a swing at a 21-year-old while exactly. they themselves are in their 40s. That's exactly true. Interesting. That's, a, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, and I guess if, if you are planning a show and, and you are writing a brand new show, having an established actor play a character who is in their 30s and 40s and 50s, I guess in their prime or someone who's well-renowned, it's going to be easier to sell tickets and there's so many other factors that go into it. Mm. But, um, yeah, that's sure. yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, I haven't done... Theatre in a very long time before Pinocchio, mm. and I'd done, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd done heaps of on-screen stuff, and I was like, hey, I really want to get back to the theatre. Like, on-screen stuff is great, but what we do is so beautiful, but I think there's nothing more magical than being in a live audience and performing something live chronologically. Mm. So I was, yeah, dying to get back to theatre, because there isn't many, I find at least, in my experience, there aren't many opportunities as a, as a I guess, a young 21-year-old actor in terms of the roles available uh, for new for new plays, that's mm. different because yeah, like yours, it's new works coming in. They can be written. I guess in terms of doing established IPs and established plays that that people know and that can sell, yeah, there's not many. That's why yeah. So it, this is our youth. Like I said, would be incredible to do. Sure. Um, yeah. Are, are, are there any ideas floating in your head in terms of things that you're writing at the moment or? plays you want to explore or kind of themes that you want to do next after Pinocchio <laughs> and Pornographer? Um, yeah, oh, oh, sort of. Like, the themes are always there, absolutely. I certainly find that mm. there seems to be this pattern in my mind, at least, that I've become aware of and mm. I don't necessarily want to lean into. <laughs> but I, I find that whatever the play is that I've just finished writing tends to kind of provide the beginnings of what the next thing's going to be. Right. Like, in some way, things feel sometimes a bit like spiritual sequels in, in tiny little ways, Yeah, I guess. Um... Yeah, I'd say so. I I think I'll spend some time once my brain gets into a better shape after after yeah it having been melted following these artistic processes. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Stuff will start happening again, but yeah, I just need to wait until not wait until inspiration finds me, but yeah, yeah, right until I find a thing that really fascinates me and find That's my great. next That's huge so curiosity. I think. Uh, do do you, yeah? Do you find there are certain themes that you see? in each thing you write or yeah like a certain topic or like a certain theme or a that are present in all of them that are kind of present in all of them yeah that, that you realise are in all of them is, is there yeah I guess yeah because I think yeah. there's things that I'm always kind of thinking about and they're not solvable things and I think that's why it's a thing like I'm sure we all have those things yeah. where it's like oh for some whatever reasons my mind keeps ending up in this place mm. and wanting to almost like poke a wound just because I don't know sometimes you just want to feel in charge of it so it's like you know what I, if I'm going to hurt it's on my terms it's on my terms you know it's a bit of that um, yeah and, I, I, and some of these things too like maybe one day I will solve some of them but it's like until I do find that solution and I think theatre is my effort to solve some of these things until I find that solution yeah. these plays are going to keep coming and they're going to keep having these well, things in them well I'm excited to watch them because yeah <laughs> Yeah. That is very nice. Yeah, sure. I'm excited to watch and read them. Yeah. Um, to get to Pinocchio again, to go back to Pinocchio and your mm. yeah understanding of Pino Lorenzino, um, you describing his, him as submissive is not a thing that I ever thought about. And do, I guess, do you consider yourself to be a submissive person? Like, how did you find submissiveness in this man? Yeah, um, and guess of how I 
I consider myself. I don't consider myself a submissive, but I guess I don't. I don't consider myself a, like a dominant person either. I just kind of in the middle, and, and yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a dominant person in the slightest. Sure. And and I wouldn't call myself a submissive person. And it also, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't. In terms of finding it, who I was for 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 Pino Lorenzino, I guess that kind of submissive nature was kind of in the sense of the fact that he is a boy, and it's about power um, and and power play, and he's. Pino is put in positions where, yeah, as a young 14-year-old boy and your father tells you to do something, you kind of have to do it Hmm. to an extent. And then we see the kind of people who uh, who own Pino Lorenzino later on in his life and we see the stakes that are are there if he doesn't do these certain things and he has to do it. Um, He has to do it or else there are like serious, like life or death consequences for him. Hmm. So that submissive nature was kind of implanted... In him from the start. Uh, I'm not really sure. In a way different to other children? Because with that definition, it seems like most children are inherently submissive. Yeah. Just by virtue of being kind of the bottom of the power spectrum. Yeah, kind of, right? yeah, bottom of the, of the power spectrum. And, and yeah, uh, very on in the play, Pina has, yeah, that interaction uh, with Je- with Jello. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, which, which is another kid Pino's age, and there's a really great scene uh, of them just, just being kids and they're so innocent and they're just building with rocks and they're just having so much fun and even then even in, in even in an experience that's supposed to be fun and it's like you know it's his first kiss and it's a big deal mm. it's it's he's still being used for something mm. that he didn't necessarily necessarily didn't want he just didn't know he's a kid right okay um, so yeah in terms of finding that submissiveness it's always just an exploration of myself and yeah, just just colors I haven't I haven't brought up yet, and it's 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 hard to categorize it into submissiveness because it, it's not just not it's not just one thing. Mm. There's always different layers to to something. Like yeah, you never play submissive. There's always for me it wasn't like yeah okay I'm submissive I'm I have to listen to what I'm saying. It's it's more or less thinking about relationships and about the stakes and what's at cost mm. and the reason why I have to do this. And eventually, if that if that's instilled in Pino from a young boy, and that's all he's done and that's all he's learned. And that's all he's ever known, mm. and he has to find some light out of that darkness. Then that's going to be all he's known. When he's free of all that stuff, that's all he knows. That's all he knows how to do is how to give people and finding ways to be happy with giving people what they want. What they want, right? Yeah, which is yeah one of the more beautiful lines in the in the play. Yeah. Is what it is. is is it's nice to give people what they want. Oh sure. That one of those lines, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that Pino says to his father, and that's very old. That's very early on in the play. That's right after that scene. Mm. So that that that's kind of a thought that Pino is having. Very early on in the play, that's kind of not necessarily backed up, but it's kind of been proven. I think it's a realization that he's had with the encounters of of the men in his life yeah. that he eventually meets. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and the play too. The play yeah. itself um, deals a lot with yeah the sense of exploitation and yeah, people taking advantage of yeah. this young beautiful man. And I was curious because the play too kind of does kind of like instigate this dialogue mm. that aligns Pino's experience of exploitation, both sexual and theatrical. Yeah. Um, uh, alongside the experience, too, of, like, the actor performing the role a little bit. And you, of course, being the actor playing this role, mm. did, whether or not it was during the production or after the production, was there anything present or residual or unearthed inside of you surrounding the idea of, like, because your performance itself is quite a physical experience yeah. of exploitation mm. throughout the work, um, as deep in character as you were or can be, um, yeah, was there anything about that experience that made you feel anything memorable? But yeah, the, the whole thing, the whole thing was memorable. I'm trying to pinpoint like a specific moment, but it's just, it's just, 
it's just really difficult but it definitely yeah pushed my boundaries as an actor in terms of what I'm comfortable with doing which is so great like sure. that, yeah, yeah that makes me that was yeah one of as we've spoken numerous times with Wheeler as well uh, it's one of the things that, that really made me want to do it uh, because yeah I knew there'd be certain needs to be met and there were certain extents in terms of like nudity and things like that and things I were uncomfortable with and um, I was more than happy to eventually build my way to that yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. only because you and Willa provided that space, and you guys are such great collaborators. You were, you were guys like if you didn't want to do this, we just don't have to do the scene. We don't have to do this. We can just do that. And eventually, it was I'm only okay with taking my shirt off, and then it was pants, and then it was shorts, and then it was underwear, then it was thin underwear, and <laughs> so there was this yeah, there was this. It's not really something memorable. It's just I felt yeah, I felt a lot more comfortable with myself, like just in my own body as Stelios. Right. I, I, I guess there's something liberating in being kind of naked on stage to a bunch of people each night that makes me, that made me at least feel more yeah more comfortable with myself if I'm honest yeah sure um, yeah and, and, and kind of liberated and yeah I, I learned a lot about my boundaries and how to push it how to push it and that's exactly what what acting is it's challenging yourself and pushing yourself and I guess if you can place it into a rubber band it's kind of stretching that rubber band to the point right before it snaps and I think that's where it's that's where all the tension is. That's where all the power is. That's where it's really great. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the thing you just said about feeling more comfortable and liberated yeah. is that is that like an on stage specific thing or is that like a now day to day you feel freer and more liberated in your body? It's now a day to day thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. It's now, yeah. It's now a day to day thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I've had. A, 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 yeah. There's obviously yeah. There's body image things and there's been so many things. Um. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. Exactly what you just said. Uh, like, yeah, I felt really great about myself doing, like, yeah, being able to do that. Like, I'm really happy because I had my walls up and I'm really happy that I kind of pushed that aside for the sake of this piece and for the sake of your writing and to make the work as authentic as it needs to be because there were genuine reasons why that had to be shown. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was really happy that I was able to express that and I guess, yeah, be used as a, I guess, as like a vessel to show this piece of work to everyone Night after night, yeah, that felt really great for me as an actor to be like, yeah, I was a part of that, and I helped, I helped authenticate this work into the the point that it needed to be. Sure. And people took certain things from it, and as a result, I as an actor have learned so much, and like I've taken away, I could write pages about what I've taken away from this entire production rehearsal and everything, even just yeah, meeting you and and Wheeler and yeah, extremely memorable. Like yeah, we'll never forget it. Incredible journey for me as an actor. Yeah. Sure. In terms of yeah, yeah, not just pushing my boundaries as an actor, but just things as me as Stelios, things I'm comfortable with. Mm. Yeah. No, exactly. stunning. Yeah. Which sure. Is, which is beautiful, I think. Yeah. Sure. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's similarly on this, and it's yeah. been such a pleasure to get to know you and to still yeah. know you and everything we've done together so far. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm hung up on this thing that you said yeah. of of yeah no yeah, having like I feel like we began this conversation with a conversation about beauty and now mm. we're here in the conversation. And now we're here again. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, what does it mean then to walk around in your life with this newfound like I don't know how would you characterize it, but like more comfort in your beauty, more comfort in your body feeling this sense of liberation like how does that manifest itself in like a day-to-day experience yeah i i, I don't know I, I guess it was kind of just like a, it used to be just kind of like a fear and anxiety of, of even like doing the scene even rehearsing the scene there was just so but much... outside of the scene like outside yeah, of the okay. stack out of rehearsal room off stage yeah just me it's just like a thursday like what do you how does it feel different now i i i i, I don't think i can like describe it Verbally, it, it's not necessarily something that like I, I, I can like, feel in my body day to day, but it's, okay. it's definitely a thought that I will think of, uh, or yeah, I kind of feeling that I will that will kind of hit me in like a wave every now like like every now and then where it's been like yeah like I did this like I'm really proud of myself like I'm happy that I 
pushed my boundaries. And yeah, there's kind of like a, I guess, I, I don't know, self-satisfied. I, I'm not sure what the word is, but yeah, like I, I feel really proud. Like, oh, I, I, yeah. I, like I was really, pr- like, yeah, I felt really proud that I was able to be a part of this great production and I was able to, to do the, yeah, I was able to, to do the things that Pino Lorenzino did and be able to show that for the best reasons possible. Sure. And yeah, as me as an actor, I'm, I'm really happy how that made me feel. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, so it is largely an actor thing. It is largely an actor thing, but yeah. there is still me as Stelios, yeah, feeling just feeling just great. And like I said, that thought will hit me from day to day. Like, mm. I did that. Like, I was worried and I was scared of something. And, <laughs> and I was, I was and I was yeah, really challenged by it. Yeah. But I, I'm happy that I kept poking at it and kept picking at it and seeing what it was that I was worried about and then being like, screw it, like, for the sake of the work and for the sake of what we do, hmm. which is, yeah, really grateful to be a part of and I'm so grateful I get to do this. And... For the sake of the work, I get to do it, and I get to learn things as as Stelios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes me more comfortable with doing these types of stuff later on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. And so, what is the next boundary that you're gonna push? I, I don't. I really don't know. Like, like okay. I said, the, the, it's not really something I necessarily think about. But if, like I said, it's it's one of those things where if he didn't need to be naked or he didn't need to have this stuff then there wouldn't be a point in doing it but if there is a genuine point mm. it's not just shock value if there is a genuine point as part of the narrative that's part of the story mm. he has to go through it then I think it's it's I think it's worth it but in terms of the next boundary I really don't know I guess it depends on, on the next thing I do and I'm not necessarily looking for, for more boundaries to cross it's more or less if they if they do come yeah. then I'll see how I'll handle it but I'll handle it a lot better now that I've Push one over. Sure. Yeah. Sure. If that makes sense. It does. No. Of a no. It absolutely. Explanation. Makes sense. No. And as I've already spoken to you about in private, of course. Um, what do you mean, of course? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Secretly, because no one knows yeah. we actually know I each other. I was secretly recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we've talked about um, part of what I many things that I just love about you so much is your willingness to like meet. I don't know apprehension and fear and yeah these boundaries you speak of and and your beliefs even with this openness and curiosity as opposed to succumbing to what may immediately feel like reluctance or fear or doubt, mm. you know? And I think that's an exciting thing in an artist and an exciting thing in a person and as a pal, you know? Like, it's cool. yeah, that that is a thing inside of you is I think that's something, is a thing that's present in kind of like all the artists that I know and really respect and get excited by the work of. So it's amazing to have another oh, person great. around that has that inside of them. That's really cool, I think. Oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you definitely need that, I think, as an artist to yeah, be able to want to push yourself. Like, that's why, like I said before, like, I think one of the things I want to do is to do Shakespeare because I've never done it. Mm. I've tried, I, like, I've, there's monologues and things like that, but I've never done a full play. But mm-hmm. that would be that, that, that kind of worry of, like, the theatre, sh- like, Shakespeare on stage is, like, the purest, like, <laughs> when you think of acting, like, if you were to draw acting, you just think of, like, Hamlet and, like, the skull and like you know it's like it's like like Shakespeare's like the classic actors like play Mm. yeah so to do that and to be a part of one version of something that's been done so many times yeah and to do that on stage in front of people who I'm sure their whole lives have seen different productions of this one play no we've got to get you into a Shakespeare I would love I would love to do it like like that's like you saying that sentence is scary great but like I would I would do it but like that's what excites me like why is that so scary to me because it's yeah it's got such an expectation but I would love to tackle it yeah I would love to do it I would love to do it no, it would be done. incredible yeah. oh my god yeah I'd love to do it oh, I guess yeah. one final thing and it's a thing that we spoke about before we started recording 
the prospect of you doing a one-man show. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we found the segue. <laughs> I mean, no, what am I talking about? <laughs> this is Sweet listener, this is a thing <laughs> that came up before we started recording. Out of nowhere, this idea sort of surfaced because yeah. Stelios misunderstood a thing I said. Okay. And then, then we ended up... Because <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> um, the, 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 the premise of a show where it's like a one-man show starring Stelios Ioannidis. That's and right. it's called... All, <laughs> that's Stelios. You've come to know him. Um, called All the Sex I've Ever Had. And it would be like a one-man show that to some debatable extent would be some type of autobiographical piece mm. where he details to an artistic extent <laughs> the, the trajectory of his like sex experiences and Stelios what is your immediate dramaturgical input to this proposal uh, sex experiences I'm not pitching that we stage this no, no, just no. as a thought experiment just the first thing I thought of was sex experiences is kind of like Shakespeare's like there was some there was just like some subtle funny I've never heard some, some, some Shakespeareances yeah, like, is like, a funny word like sex experiences shake, I don't know it's just kind of like a funny that's the first thing my mind thought of um, good mind yeah yeah thank you yeah <laughs> uh, what was the question because that's like I was just laughing in my just mind immediate input because when, when it immediately yeah yeah well, I don't know yeah, that would just be very interesting like I said like the even the, the prospect of doing a one man show is mm. something I've never done mm-hmm. um, I, I've, I've, ri- I've like written stuff to do something like that eventually and I have goals of doing stuff like you've that you've drafted eventually. a one man show I've drafted yeah I've drafted for yeah, yourself yeah ah? I have yeah what like, are they about I do it's the it's, uh, I got it's this long topic. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I've got into stuff like that. Like now okay. doing theatre. Like yeah. Even before doing the Pinocchio, I was hoping to do something for Fringe mm. that didn't end up getting off the ground. But I had prospects and pages and ideas and things and that I'm showing to people. And yeah. So like the prospect of doing just a one man show in general is quite daunting, but extremely thrilling and exhilarating to me. Sure. And what about um, like the added thing of it being a thing that's about you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's interesting as well. Um. <laughs> Yeah, like like that's yeah. The first thing I think of is 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 what to share and what not to share. But then again, the things that you don't want to share, like what's the reason that you don't want to share them? Sure. Like what's the reason why I don't want to share certain things? Like, is there something in sharing the things I don't want to share? Because, mm. Yeah. Um. So it would be a long exploration of me picking apart, yeah, my experiences. I guess sure. this play. Uh. Yeah, I think that would be really really interesting. Interesting again, again, added, yeah. an added word for something. Uh, I think it would be really daunting, hmm. but ex- yeah, extremely exhilarating. I think, yeah, I think it, I think there's there could be something. There could change. be, but as well, it might just be a thing of like me wanting to know even more things about you, okay. and this would just be like a cheat code to get to know more things. We've about sold you. one ticket. It's Jake. It's <laughs> <laughs> Every night in the front row. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, yum. <laughs> yum. <laughs> That would be that would be interesting, and I'm not sure if that's ever been done. I'm not oh, sure. certainly, yeah, Probably, in yeah. different versions, absolutely, in different, in different yes. versions, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Would that be something? Yeah, you'd be interested in, in knowing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing it specifically? Is that your question? Yeah. 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 Partly because I'm just really into the idea of truth on stage. And cool. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. Just uh, yeah. Kind of going back to Pinocchio. Quickly, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the things I, I really enjoyed about, yeah, your take on, like, truth and authenticity and not necessarily, yeah, because um, there would be some nights, and obviously, you know, you do, a, you do a play each night, and obviously we don't know what better means, but there would be times where you felt you might have been stronger on this night, or you might have hit this note, or you didn't do this, or you didn't do that, but it was like, yeah, you, you were so great in that, in that, I guess, kind of reassurance that uh, it, it, it's... Tonight is this version of the play, and there, there was truth in this version, and it's about getting truth each night and being authentic each night. Yeah. And it's not about hitting technical notes or hitting things like that. 
because yeah, because because I had come from doing on-screen stuff, so it was very much your best performance needs to be from action to cut, and that's the performance. Mm. And then going into theater, that was yeah one of the challenges was that that's really great, but then you got to do that each and every night. But you can't try to do the same thing because that's the that's the that's the kind of trap. Mm. You just got to find the truth and authenticity and specificity, and it was. Really great that you were reached. I just went on a huge ramble. No, that wasn't a huge because, ramble. Because you said like one word. But yeah, it was just about finding truth. I just think that's so important. That's something I'm really going to take away like 100% into everything that I do. Which It's just about finding, yeah. Which is so obvious, but when it's pointed out to you, it's kind of like, wow, yeah, exactly. It's about finding truth and authenticity. I'm glad you find that exciting. Yeah, I find, yeah. I find that really exciting, yeah. Sure. Which it's is not, really it's not necessarily helpful if you're like in a production of Frozen or something and Disney requires you to be an identical Elsa every night. Well, that's the thing, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. so uh, maybe maybe I won't do Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that off the list. You'd be a good Elsa, but... I'm, yeah, okay. yeah, no, but I'm glad <laughs> it resonates with you. Yeah, because I think too, that's also just in my mind at least... It's even just one of those things you can turn to as a failsafe when you're stuck in a production yeah. for for weeks at a time, <laughs> and it's like yeah, you you get to if what you're pursuing is truth as opposed to replication or or a particular experience, which is not an interesting thing to watch a person yeah. pursue. Yeah, but it's yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The pursuit of truth is something that's kind of like a, oh, like it's a bit of a relief because as an as an actor, there's so much out of your control, and yeah, the best acting is when you're out of control and you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So you try to be in control. So the thought of yeah, you know. Just, just, you know, just trying to be authentic in pursuit of truth. Yeah, I just think that's so honest and so, yeah, beautiful. Sure. Yeah, beautiful thought that I haven't really thought of before. And it's something that I literally think about that, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Tell yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, that's, I, I, let's finish talking now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, thank you so much for being here. This is such a blessing. You're incredible. And I really like talking to you and being next to you. You're so kind. You're so kind. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really, yeah, I'm so happy to do this. Sure. Yeah. That is very nice. Um, ugh. Anyway, as usual, uh, we may already disagree with everything we just said. And friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. Uh-huh.